This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast. Kevin and Chuck. Today, well, we're going to talk about putting together the perfect IFAC. Now, those of you who weren't in the military or not in the prepper world as much, whatever, uh, an IFAC is an individual first aid kit. Now, what can be a little confusing is it's not really meant to be, because it's designed for the military, it's not really like a first aid kit. It's more like a trauma kit. And and that's kind of the approach, you know, we're going to take with this is is putting together the the trauma bag, you know? And that's uh, you know, we're going to see it like that. But um with the trauma bag, there's certain items that you want in there. First, you want your bag like my bag like this. They make ones that'll hook on your belt and different sizes. Usually these you'll see on the guy's leg. Um, I have two of these. Well, I have three of these. One I keep in my truck, one I keep in my car, and one I keep kind of in my barn. Uh, where basically there's one that's accessible pretty much all around. Um, what you want is is to have... Stuff that you know how to use is the bottom line. People, they sell all these different things in these kits. They sell them. I've seen trauma bags for $100, $150. You should be able to put something together for, if you're going extreme budget, probably about $35. And honestly. I mean, you can, it can go up from there. Right. You know what I mean? Honestly, it can be however pretty, much you want. Pretty quality at $60 and, you know, premium I'm an EMT and, and need things, you know, that are right because it's my world right. and it's what I think about and focus on. And I know how to use all that stuff. For 120 yeah. bucks. But the bottom line is you only want to put things you know how to use. And that's the big thing that people don't get when they pack any kind of medical bag. What happens is when you're in an emergency situation, you want to make sure that you can get to the stuff you need right away and find it. You don't want to be sorting through junk that, you know, people have stethoscopes and, you know, every other damn thing yeah, in there. And some it's wild like, shit. You know, and, and that's fine. Like, you know, the EMT right. guy might be able to utilize that and say, hey, you know, look, I'm looking at his pulse and when I time it, I'm able to decipher something or when I listen to the rhythm of his heart, I can figure, you know, some things out. Look, I hear little things going on. Yeah, that's great. 
But if you're not that guy, which I'm not that guy that can right. discern irregular heartbeats and whatever, then maybe that's not the thing for you to be taking up space in your bag and taking right. up space in your budget. So let's kind of go through a bag and see what we can see and and see what makes sense. Um, you know, I, I was shown my first bag and, and one of the first bigger uh, trainings that I went to was with it was the guy who did the SWAT training for uh for Dallas SWAT I think um and you know he's like look this is what I tell my guys to have and he went through and basically one I was trained to use all these things so it all makes sense for me maybe it won't exactly make sense for you but pretty much I feel like this is a stripped down basic trauma bag and I feel like it meets all the criteria of what I'm after. So okay. bottom line, regular bag. You basically want the smallest bag that you can get that you can fit everything you need. Um, that's the bottom line. These are, I think this one was like a 10 or $15 bag just off Amazon. Not a big deal. You just want something that works. You know, it's got the mole connectors and, you know, whatever. Not a big deal. Um but, you know, the fancier and nicer, you know, you could get a little more compact. But again, this wasn't something I planned on carrying on my person. It's something I keep under the back seat in my truck. Um, let me open it up, see what we got. Initial open looks kind of like this. So basically what we got, we got an Israeli battle dressing. Um, usually you'll see these in a... Uh, a gray package. I know all my other ones are gray. I don't know where this one actually came from. But I was like, oh, I should go to the other car and get the other one so everyone recognizes it. But bottom line, right. whatever. Um, Israeli battle dressing, and we'll talk about why and what in just a minute. Just kind of want to go through what I see here. I have some tape. One of my more or less essential things, honestly. Um, I have shears. Now, shears are something where your budget can really change. Um, right. These are great for cutting stuff. They'll work. They're probably in the, like, $15 neighborhood. Yeah. Um, but leather. You can get $2 yeah. shears that can barely cut a gauze, or you can get, you know, $15 shears that can cut through jeans or, a right. paint, you know. And then clothes. you can go as far as Leatherman has, you know, their awesome shears that are, like, $70. Bucks. Um, I have a pair in one of my other trauma bags that's in my primary vehicle. But it, you know, I don't think it's necessary depending on your budget. You know, it depends what right. you guys are into. Um, all right. I have next, I have high fin uh, chest seal, right? Um, yeah. So that's, that's really important for things like uh, gunshot wounds or stab wounds to the chest. So, um, you might run into some, some sort of puncture wound to the chest with a car accident or something like that. And I know, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a grown man, you've come across a car accident here and there. And most of the time people are okay, but not every time. Sometimes not every time. Right. Fucked up. Um, I have Sterostrips in there. They really don't belong in a trauma bag. I just, they're so easy to throw in there behind the chest seal. They're small, right? That they don't I just don't space. even, you know, I figure if I'm closing something up and it's a kind of medium cut, I can deal with it. Usually Stara strips are going to be like a temporary stitches option, right? Right. Um, I mean, you know, and again, depending on the cut, you might have it as the long-term stitches option. Uh, definitely people get away with that if you're not as worried about a pretty, you know, closure or whatever. Or it's something right. that's not going to be moving. Um, you definitely can do where, you know, if somebody's not in an environment where, you know, they're constantly moving it and it's maybe on your, you know, the back of your forearm or something. Right. It's not going to be moved. Then you can get away with that. Um, rubber gloves. I have a piece of, or yeah, set of rubber gloves in there. You want to go in not causing infection, not, right. you know, bringing damage. Yeah. Um, a lot of guys, I don't, um, I usually have hand sanitizer in the car. A lot of guys will have a small bottle of hand sanitizer in their trauma bag. 
I never do. I kind of am more worried about it leaking and just making a mess. I mean, making that's a mess. me. A lot of the time, I, that's I'm not happens. saying it's right. That's what the rubber yeah. gloves are for. And so you can I can go get in those clean. antiseptic wipes and wipe your hands off before you put the right. gloves on. But it's not. It's not uh, as you know. It's not necessarily going to disinfect your hands. Um, I also have the the thermal blanket, one of the bigger ones for uh, you know basically for treating shock kind of thing. And right. when you honestly, get blood loss. Yeah. When you get blood loss and go into shock, you know, the first symptom of, of shock with blood loss is, is getting cold, right? You want to keep that person warm as long as, as long as you can while you're waiting for first aid or while you're getting right. them to someplace. Um, I, next, I use quick clot gauze. Um, there's also the quick clot sponge. But uh, you guys decide what's right for you on that. You do want some kind of quick clot. Um, that's kind of essential. So basically, you come up, you find the wound. Um, the first thing I'm really grabbing out of my bag, honestly, is probably a tourniquet, which obviously the last item on the uh, the list of right. major... I, now, I always hear that you're not ever well, supposed to use a tourniquet. Like, never use a tourniquet. Kevin... That so person what's the lied deal with you. this? All that right, that so person tell me the, lied Tell me you. the facts. And again, well, before I jump into it, the tourniquet, there's a whole bunch of different levels. Um, really, $10 is probably your minimum tourniquet that is going to work. I mean, a seatbelt's going to work. But the big thing, the essential things are you want something that's an inch thick. Um, All right. In the width, so you're you're Sorry. not you don't want to use like like a piece of rope or zip ties. You exactly, want something that's going to spread out a little bit across your flesh and not dig into you. Right, Kevin's you're you're never supposed to use a tourniquet theory. That's kind of that rope and that kind of thing. And guess what? If that's all you got, and they're gonna die, then you know use the rope. But yeah, there's a good chance they're gonna lose whatever you tie off with a rope. It's never coming back. But if you go an inch thick, you're you're good for a couple hours. You're not going to lose that leg because somebody put a tourniquet on it. That right. That's one of the big things. You really want something wide. The problem is you can use anything like a belt or a seat belt or whatever. But think of how you tie off a seat belt when you do there. Now, if you can actually take kind of the buckle with it, and, you know, well, you see, you can't because you can never get it tight enough. The bottom line is when you twist it, you're going to get that knot. And that's the problem is you kind of lose that thickness in that area. Right. In that um, area. Okay. Again, use a belt, use a seat belt, use whatever you can find to tie something off. I'm not saying don't. I'm saying your motivation to buy something like this and some guys will have two, depending on the environment that you're in. You know, we'll have right. two uh, tourniquets in their bag. So, first thing, I come up, you're assessing the situation, you assess for safety, say, hey, you know, I can go in here, it looks okay, I'm not going to get hit by a car, right? Or, they're right. not shooting at me while I'm picking this guy up. Now, right. that may be, and but then the trick is I'm not worried about putting the tourniquet on. I'm worried about dragging the guy to somewhere where we're not getting right, shot somewhere at. safe where you can right right. I know what you're saying. Th that's how that goes, right? So I go in with my tourniquet, right? Um, I'm gonna tie it off. Then I'm probably gonna put on the gloves. Yeah, I'm not worried about the gloves with the tourniquet at that point, to be honest, right? Because I'm going above the bleed. Um, obviously we're talking about anything that's not in the core of the person, right? Off right. the the center of the body or the head. Um, any extremity so otherwise, got, like, not the neck. Mood, you don't put that around your neck? You know, sometimes right. it's tempting. If they talk too much, then the head might be the area. But right. for the most part, right. you're looking at your arms, right? You want to go right. above, above the uh, injured part, right? The punctured area. You're going to put that tourniquet on there. They have a. And you uh, want to go just like a few a few inches above, or or is there a specific like? Do you want to? You do. You want to be pretty close to the wound. You don't want to go necessarily right to the armpit. Um, try gotcha. wipes. Um, so anyway, bottom line, you want to go above it. You have the rod or the baton, right, in right. the uh, thing, 
and you're going to twist it and tighten it up. You, you want it, twist it up. really tight. So People, you want to twist it up until it hurts. Yeah, really hurts. Right. Um, okay. The, the, usually they say you know you have it tight enough when the person uh, says, oh, that's too tight. Then that's right that's when what you're you know right. That's good. Um, usually the uh, – you know, we actually, the training that I went to, they had us put on the tourniquet on each other. And they, I, I've been told, oh, you're not supposed to do that. You can create blood clots, whatever. And they were like, look, if you're going to be treating people, you need to know what, you know, how tight right. it is. Right. So this when is they're a- crying at you, stop, you know, yeah. yeah. Right. And this is like it. Like you said, this is tourniquet is used for emergency situations like somebody's going to die, bleed to death type, type yeah. situation. It isn't like, a, you know, you've got something you can cover up with a Band-Aid or use a tourniquet and you decide to use the tourniquet. No. It could go either way, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, yeah, no, that's the bottom line. So, anyway, back to the tourniquet. So you're going to tighten that up. What they usually say in the directions that come with a tourniquet is... Tighten it until you see the blood flow stop. And that is accurate. I mean, that is mm-hmm. what you're looking for. Um, you never want to loosen the tourniquet unless you're trained um, in doing stuff. The bottom line, what they're looking at, I mean, again, if you're like, well, you know, Chuck, um, if I leave the tourniquet on there for three days and we're trapped in the woods and it's me and my buddy and three days, okay, so what you need to do is you need to completely close anything that's bleeding before that tourniquet gets loosened. Right. That's what they're looking for. And that's why right. you're waiting until you go to the doctor, the hospital, the EMTs show up. You know, bottom line, people who are trained and know what they're doing. And honestly, EMTs, my experience, I'm not that guy. I don't work in the ambulance or the paramedic truck, so I don't really know. But my guess is they're not going to ever loosen that tourniquet either. They're going to wait until you get to a doctor to make that yeah, call. Doctor does that, yeah. But again, that's that's you know the next thing. So then I'm going to throw on the gloves, right? Then I have my quick clot gauze. I'm going to take mm-hmm. apart that gauze, and I am going to put it on my fingertip. And I am going to reach in and find out where it's bleeding and that blood is coming from. I'm going to put pressure there and I'm going to keep packing in that wound with that quick quick clot gauze and build it up until I have it completely covered. Then I'm going to take that Israeli battle dressing and I'm going to wrap around it and keep it all in place and tie it off. Even though I've got it and it's stopping the bleeding and taking care of everything there, I can then, you know, move on to the next person or next assessment that I need to do. Hopefully medical help is then coming and going to be an issue, you know, where they can take charge. Now, if you live in an urban area, you can expect, you know, maybe five, six minutes before the first, first responders start showing up. And that might be police. It might not be paramedics, but, um, there's some places I think most of us, most of the guys that listen to this type of podcast are the guys that live out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And you're looking at 30 minutes, you know, at your home. If you're like up on a trail or if you're out in the woods, it might even be longer than that. So you're looking at somewhat even, you know, in the United States where we're really good at this stuff, it can take you up to an hour before somebody gets to you if you're in a remote location. Exactly. Now, back to the, uh, the chest seal. Um, now somebody does have a punctured lung, a hole in their chest, something like that. That's where this comes in. Um, basically they can't breathe because they can't fill up their lungs is the bottom line. And you're looking to cover that with this. Um, you can also use something like a driver's license, something, you know, like that. It's going to be a airtight seal. Now, a lot of the time, what happens is when your chest gets punctured like that, What's happening is the space between your lungs and your chest is filling with air. And that's kind of, that's what's causing your lung to collapse. So what you want to do is be able to have something that, air that comes out, but no air that goes in. Because that's how it gets trapped in that that cavity and you're going to start suffocating to death. So what you want is something that's going to seal over it, uh, like a check valve, kind of, right? 
So it'll close when you try and draw your breath in, but open back up when you exhale, you know, so that it'll let let things out, but nothing in. So with a chest seal, you do like a, um, it seals on like three sides, right? Is that how that, that one that sounds works right. that you have? So when they're sucking, yeah. yeah. Yep. Right. So hypothetically, you could do that with uh, a driver's license and duct tape. Right. You know what I mean? But, you know, again, this is emergency trauma where somebody's dying. Like, they're going to die, and you have to do something right now. So, I I think that's it's one of those things that your trauma kit should be something that you're prepared to use in emergency situations where, where somebody's dying right then. You know, it's possible to save somebody's life. Uh, I've seen people die, and it's not pleasant, you know. Um, you want to be able to do what you can do to keep that from happening and at least get him to a doctor. Right. Now I know like I, I actually, when I think about it, I probably don't have tape in my car, but in my truck, I have a roll of like gorilla duct tape or something like that. Um, that's the kind of thing that, yeah, you can really secure and, and you know, right. But it's, yeah, exactly. You do what you can kind of do now. We kind of move outside the bag. That's all I have in my bag. And again, it's so I can get to what I need in an emergency. That's right. treating so you don't have aspirin, high stress. You don't have band-aids. Right. You don't have any of that little stuff for, you know. Right. Now, uh, you don't have the, hoard, hoard, uh, the cortisone cream so you can put it on a bug bite or something. Um, I saw some of you guys mention hemorrhoid cream in the comments. Right. That's I have another bag for that. And that's okay, but that's not in my immediate trauma bag. Um, but also, hemorrhoids can be awful. So can be a trauma, put it in there right? Just in it, case. You know, it so can be dramatic. In my in my truck, um, again, space is always a thing. And in my car, I don't have uh, a lot of space, so I don't have this. But in my truck, I have a little bit extra room, so I actually carry the uh, the like CPR mask. Um, and these are cheap. They're like four or five bucks. It has the little, you know, cover up the, I don't know if you can see it, but cover up the face. Um, turns out when you give somebody CPR, they're going to throw up in your mouth and you don't want to do that with a stranger and, you know, people you meet on the side of the road, but you do when you have a mask, you're a lot more willing to do what needs to be done. So I'm just saying that's something if you can throw in your vehicle, probably a good idea if you're trained and you understand how to do that. Now, on the flip side, in order to get away without carrying all that nonsense in my trauma bag, I buy like a $15 nonsense uh, medical bag that I got at like off Amazon. Now in here... Honestly, this thing is like stuffed with band-aids, which is kind of weird. Um, it's got triple antibiotic. It's got gloves. It's got gauze. It's got the little aspirin packets. Um, I also have a second pair of shears. I also have, um, what else did I have? Oh, so they have tweezers in it. And the tweezers that came with it are like plastic and junk. Like, I don't understand who's using a big pair of plastic tweezers to get at anything that's yeah. going to work. No, those, I mean, I, I, I find with the first aid kits, it's best to, you know, I, yeah. I like to buy the first aid kit. Right. And like, then just start replacing things with right, better exactly. stuff as I So that was it. Let me, let me show you quick because you'll laugh. Um, it came with scissors that you could cut something out with. This is what I got with the scissors. I was like, right. are you kidding me? What not, am I going to do with that? Not a great, great um, use. Yeah, so again, so I garbage. threw a pair of shears that I had, you know, in there as the, all right, here's something useful. Same thing. It came with the plastic uh, tweezers that were kind of nonsense. And I upgraded to the, you know, metal, finer, heavier you know, tweezers. I yeah. don't know. I can't. Now, take when we're them out, on this, bottom line, tweezers and, and yes. splinters and that sort of thing. Um, there you go. Uh, I find that a lot of the guys that I know have have shot themselves sure. or are going to shoot themselves with with nail guns. Oh, you I know, just if you're meant, in the construction okay. industry. 
Yeah, not with your gun. I hopefully okay. you don't shoot yourself in the face. You know, you shoot your eye out or something. But it, with a nail gun, it. I mean, you're using them all the time, and you're, you get reckless. You get fast, and you get reckless, and you end up. I haven't done it, but I've seen it happen to, to two different people. And your immediate instinct is you just pull that shit out. Don't pull it out, man. It's in there. It's in there good. And those nail guns, a lot of those nails have adhesive on them that when it fires, it heats up. And then as soon as it's in you, it cools. And now you've got like uh, nasty, you know, chunks of glue in there. Right. Don't pull that out. Have a doctor do that. Just just take your hand or take your leg with you to the doctor's office and let them take that out. Because that's not, you can just yank it out. Yeah, that's, just get grab a Leatherman. But you're going to have blood everywhere. It's going to be a big mess, and it's disgusting, and it won't be disinfected properly. Just go to a doctor. If you if you can get to a doctor, get to a doctor. Yeah, that that sounds right. Um, you know, somebody mentioned, uh, you know, having their pets with them and, and that kind of thing, asking for, uh, you know, advice on that. Honestly, my medical training, as far as... Um, sutures and lots of water is pretty much it as far as what I can do with my animal. They do actually sell weird uh, CPR masks for your, your pets. Yeah, they, they do. But that, I mean, that's how much you love your animal and, that, and whatever. And you, yeah. uh, you know, you may, uh, there's also ways of placing did, your hands I, you know, and covering their nose. Not to bring nose. the whole mood yeah. down, but I did actually have to give CPR to one of my dogs when it died and it, it was not work, a fun time. I was and, yeah. CPR. It wasn't pleasant. Maybe if you had you know. done the, the proper mask and whatever, you could have changed the Well, I the mean, world. you can make a good seal by cupping your hands over its snout and blowing yeah. it in and out. You can make and, a good seal. And that's seal it. By. Even a plastic bag, you know, that you kind of wrap around and cut the air hole. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. The bandages and, right. and, and the quick do, clot yeah, will work exactly. with the animals. It is a good point we should bring up that you you can do first aid when it with... Uh, you know, a bleeding yeah. dog, and you can do some some stuff to to stop the bleeding and uh, suture it up, pressure bandages. You know, you can take it to a vet to have it really fixed up. But um, you know, if it's something serious like that, I know a, a friend of mine was in a car accident when uh-huh. I was a, a kid. Do you remember? I uh, was a, a neighbor lived with the lived dog on the same street as us. Yeah, yeah. With the dog, he was in a car accident with Max. Was the name of yep. the dog? Yeah. So they. They had to rush the dog to the emergency vet. You yeah. know, it's worth it's worth knowing how to do some basic first aid, right? Um, because it's the same. The a lot same of it basic is anatomy. is the same, except you have the hair in the way. Um, right. Somebody mentioned uh, gunpowder as working like quick clot, and that's actually definitely a real thing. Um, the, a lot of the original quick clot was pretty much, you know, the right. It was the other versions it, before it? the brand name were were. Mm-hmm gunpowder and even uh quick clot originally was a powder with granules and they used to complain a lot because people would use it with a less life-threatening injury right and it would leave it would leave leave a mess that the doctors were in picking out pieces of you know mess and and whatever Mm -hmm. and they weren't happy about it and i'm like you know what the guy didn't die and your job's a little bit harder i'm sorry you know, people right. do what they can do. You know, it's funny. Right. My wife was watching one of the medical shows the other day. And, you know, I, I guess uh, the guy, a tractor fell on a kid or something. And the guy calls for an ambulance and waits 20 minutes or whatever. And the ambulance doesn't come. Whatever. I mean, the numbers may be all wrong. I don't know. It's an example. Deal with it. But bottom line, the guy takes his kid and takes him to the hospital and they're all pissed off that he may have, you know, caused further damage with, you know, paralysis and stuff because he moved his son. But what are you going to do? Leave him there bleeding to death? Because right. if you, again, they don't want you to move an injured person, but always your first move is to get him out of immediate harm. Um, right. I hate to say right. it. If you're in the middle of the field, yeah, you don't want to move the guy, you know, whatever, till the, you know, the trained people come but again leaving them in the field to bleed to death not necessarily a better alternative right so and we should you know we, we should bring this up yeah we should talk about this for a couple of minutes i just want to touch on that the first thing you should do if you find somebody injured is stop and look around 
Yeah. Like what what happened? How did this person get injured? Um, I you hear these horror stories about like uh, confined spaces where somebody looks in and sees somebody unconscious and goes in after him, and you end up with like five dead people. Yes. It keeps happening. You know, look around. Is that per- did that person get electrocuted? Are yeah. they still getting electrocuted? Right. Do you need to like? Do you want to grab somebody that's got you know a big current going through? Them? You have to spend just a few seconds. You know, count to five. It's not gonna you know cause any person any permanent damage more than more than anything else. But just take a minute and look around and try and figure out what happened to this person. See if they respond. You know, yell their name. Take a second and figure out what happened to them before you rush over and, and put your hands on them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's the thing. You really have to think about your safety as well because, I mean, again, you don't want more injury to happen to the people. Um, I know that there was a, a, a car accident one time and and me and my brother were there and it was, it was on a dangerous uh, turn and... What had happened was, you know, somebody had slowed down or stopped. Another car came and rear-ended them. And the people inside the first car were pretty banged up and, and, you know, oh, don't move me, don't whatever. But more cars kept coming and slamming into the first car and the next car and the next car. And it's constantly a dangerous, you know, situation. And you have to make the call. And a lot of states do have uh, like good Samaritan laws where you make the best call you can and you go with it because uh, people are afraid to help people because, hey, I might cause more damage. And you know what? The more training you have, the better decisions you can make, you know, based on the injuries. Hey, what happened? Hey, you know, but just the same, you need to be aware of what's happening around you. You need to be aware of, am I putting myself in danger and whatever. I mean, again, do you not climb out on the ledge and, you know, grab the hand of the guy falling and, you know, whatever. You need to weigh all this stuff out. You also know your abilities. Um, but you having proper training is going to take you further ahead. Obviously, me and Kevin are not medical professionals. We're not giving you training. We're giving you some advice on things you might want to carry <laughs> and how you might and, use them. And let's be honest, you can get training very easily and very inexpensively. A lot of uh, a lot of companies provide free first aid and, and CPR training. Uh, it does not cost very much to get a, take a class from uh, the American Red Cross. There's a million places you can get first aid and CPR training. If you have no training at all, that's going to give you a big leg up. Um, if you're, if I'm talking to a doctor about CPR training, obviously, you know, he's got going to have a lot more knowledge than anything that I can learn on my own. Right. But basic first aid and getting them to somebody that knows what they're doing without them being dead first. Right. That's a big, that's a big leg up. Um, somebody mentioned that, uh, they've heard rumors that at people's employers or, you know, different, uh, aerospace or different industries, you might be able to find a bunch of stuff available to you, including complete kits that you could just mm-hmm. take home if you took them, I guess. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, stuff's I mean, available I, the, everywhere. The truth is, uh, yeah, uh, employers offer a lot of, uh, stuff. I mean, it's good for their insurance. Training and equipment. They do it. Correct. Yeah. It's good. They're going to, they're going to, uh, get lower, lower rates on their insurance if, if all their, employees are first aid trained but you know it's not hard to find free stuff however it's it's been my experience um if just a little tip to the people making comments if you were to take home say the croil or you know the cans of uh contact cleaner or whatever you might you know come up with yeah you might want to take off the msds labels when they're at your house because that's like yeah. one of the dead giveaways of where dead it came giveaway. from. Just that's a secret of the pros, um, uh-huh. you know. Or uh, yeah, that, that's all I got there. Nothing else. Um, now, uh, real quick, I, I know we're getting to the end here. Uh, I would want to just go through um, basic setup for your medicine cabinet at home. You know, basic stuff you should have 
uh, I know I know a, a friend of mine was going to a, a third world country to visit some family. Yeah. And um, they they couldn't get access to any basic medicine. You know what I mean? Aspirins, uh, you know, cough medicine, any any basic stuff that you can find at any pharmacy around you know around you. And uh, so he went just went to the pharmacy, bought a bunch of over the counter stuff, and it was a big you know it was a big thing for them. You know what I mean? Child uh, children's aspirin was like a you know you couldn't get that. So. It would make sense that you would have that stuff. If you have access to that stuff, you would have that stuff at your house. And so I just want to kind of go through some of the basic stuff you should have in your cabinet that's not expired. Um, Yeah. Allergy medicine. Whether you have allergies or not, most people do have allergies to some things. But whether you do or not, it's good to have uh, any type of um, uh, cold that you get that involves like sneezing and that sort of stuff. That allergy medicine is going to work pretty well for it. Um, aspirin, uh, acetaminophen, or uh, ibuprofen. Um, right. Those are good for you know pain relief, but they're also good for um, uh, reducing inflammation and, and um, fever. So those are good things. I mean, obviously, a fever you get it gets up to a you know 101 or 102, and you want to start thinking about bringing that fever down so it doesn't kill the person. Yeah. Hydrocortisone cream. Uh, that's a great thing with, uh, you know, poison ivy. You get, you know, I get out in the woods and I get all sorts of nasty shit on me. Bug bites, wasp spring, spring, uh, wasp stings, um, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's, it's really good for, for, you know, reducing the, the reaction. Yeah. You guys have probably heard me mention, I always keep a, uh, a little tube of Orogel in the medicine cabinet. Mm-hmm. And for a sting or whatever with the kids, I know they get a bee sting, you throw Orogel on there and it's like instant relief and they're like, oh, right. you saved me, you know? Yeah. Um, plus, obviously, it's not toxic. You know, they put it in their mouth, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, uh, Imodium for diarrhea. Now, diarrhea is one of the big killers out there, you know, worldwide, not the United States necessarily. But basically what it is is you get dehydrated and you don't have enough access to clean water to keep yourself hydrated and you basically die from dehydration. Not a pleasant way to go. So something you want to be on top of uh, if you have that situation going on. There's a lot of cough medicine out there that works pretty well that you can get over the counter. Um, Then you want to have some basics like a thermometer, cotton swabs. Now, I, I checked a bunch of lists. Um as far as what you want in your medicine cabinet, all of them for some reason uh, have condoms in there. Really? I don't know. Is there multiple uses for condoms I don't know about? Because I I never use those things, man. <laughs> it's the only thing that the Pope and I agree on. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. No. Nah, no. Nah, that, that ain't. That's 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 not the game I play. I'm not all in right. there. Now somebody also mentioned like Pepto Bismol, you know, the indigestion, that kind of stuff. Right, get those, you that's good stuff. Um, you know, saving. Uh, you know, they mentioned saving their dogs' prescriptions for whatever. Um, you know, yeah. that they, they're you know sharing what? with their pets. Well, yeah, I, I know Be my dog. Be conscientious of yeah. what that stuff is and the and the dosage. Thing. Yeah, my my dog used to uh, be on prednisone, and prednisone uh-huh. is king. I gotta say, it has has some benefits. You have to look into that. But uh, that's that's one of the things, you know, they talk about the fish antibiotics and things like that. That's something, you know, we've talked about on other episodes and you guys should really look into um, stuff that's available at like tractor supply for horses or dogs or, you know, whatever. Um, they have a lot of different things available, but do your research. Nobody's recommending you whatever. I'm just saying there's other places you can look to find similar things. Um, right. That maybe can meet your need that you can get over the counter without a prescription. Obviously, taking any kind of controlled substance without a prescription would be a horrible idea if you followed all the the rules the government puts out for you. Right. Mm -hmm. That is correct. So just putting that out there. All right. Uh, One thing I wanted to touch on before we get things wrapped up is um, uh, vaccines. I want to... You know, talk about that sort of stuff. Uh, it's good to get, you know, your flu vaccines. It's good to get your basic vaccines. I know when I was in the Navy, they shot me up with all sorts of stuff. 
and uh, I never get sick. I'll probably get like cerebral palsy at some point or like, you know, some sort of uh, degenerative brain issue. But, you know, uh, I got the uh, you remember getting the anthrax vaccine? When you're in the Navy, Chuck? I did get an anthrax vaccine when I was in I the Navy. I have never been exposed to vaccine. It doesn't come up very often that you, that no. you get exposed to anthrax. But turns out, uh, if I am, maybe I'll... I, don't, I mean, I don't even know. Maybe I'll have some sort of resistance, but I'm not sure. Yeah, who knows? Wait, the, uh, yeah, sorry. What I was told is you need to get a booster like every six months for your anthrax but I feel like you and me have a better shot when we come across anthrax. You know, when I open up the envelope and it's full of white powder, I -hmm. jump back a little bit slower than everybody else. You know, I'm like, oh, it's going to be okay. Everyone take a... I'm going to be fine. You want to say take a breath, but then you're like, wait, maybe don't take a breath because it's anthrax. But uh, anyway, uh, somebody mentioned, and actually this is a a good point, that... uh, if you sign up for the uh, the safety at, at your employer, you know, a lot of the guys safety, who work yeah. for the, the bigger employers, including my company, they uh, they have like safety people and they're always hounding somebody to be the, uh, what is it? They call it the star point leader, I think. I don't even know what that means, but uh, you handle safety for, you know, your department and they'll send you to extra training and classes um, usually I know at my company that involves being able to show people how to do the crossword puzzle that has safety words like tourniquet in it. Um, right. but you know, maybe they have more advanced training. Um, I know one of my buddies was in the Marines and saw less, you know, combat than he was kind of signed up and hoping for, but it turned right. out that, they were happy to send them to mountain survival school, you know, wilderness survival school, desert survival school. You want to cash in on any freaking, uh, any free stuff, any free stuff training. Um, Warren, uh, made a mention of the anthrax shot. Yeah, it was a fun shot. Um, any (laughs) of you guys who actually got the anthrax shot, you don't forget it. It, uh, it won, it burned like you wouldn't believe going in. Um, where you're just like, oh yeah, I feel that, and right. it was you one of those moving up your arm. You yeah, know? the next morning you're like, oh, I can't move my arm. You know, a lot of the guys we were on the ship underway when we got the anthrax shot, and uh, you you sleep in these weird racks, and when you go to push up, your arm just doesn't even work, and guys are like falling over and and you know falling out of bed. It it's definitely one that uh that you want yeah, to avoid not- if you can. <laughs> Right, right. But I mean, things like the flu shot and stuff like that that come around every year, it's it's worthwhile to get it. I, I thought I had had the flu before, and it turns out I had a bad cold. Because when I got the flu, it was a whole different thing. It was not it was not a bad cold. It was oh, a lot I've, worse than I've that. always, yeah, I, I went to the uh, urgent care. And I'm like, yeah, I can't even move. I'm going to die. And, you know, I must have the flu. And they're like, no, it's a cold. You have a cold. And yeah, they were like, yeah. don't come in here with this nonsense, you baby, <laughs> and whatever. Bullshit. And I'm like, my wife was right the yeah. whole time. And I'm like, it, uh-huh. it, I could die, you know. Um, people also mentioned, you know, a lot of the employers don't have the first aid supplies that they should. Um, and, you know, being stuck going out to their own vehicle and getting their own. One of the things right. I do is, and, and again, don't tell my employer, but uh, having Band-Aids and uh, triple antibiotic in the drawer or bacitrace and whatever you choose to do. I know a lot of people are anti triple antibiotic cause you weaken this, you know, the immunity to the strains. But anyway, um, having that, if I go and get a band aid, it's like an OSHA reportable and whatever. So people end up not going and getting medical attention when something that might be exposed or, or could get infected, that kind of thing. So having something to treat the nothing wounds that you get could be a game changer because infections suck and you don't want any part of that. Um, Obviously, I'm not telling anyone to not report whatever happens at work because God forbid. But you understand what I'm saying. If you're not going to do anything, 
having something to protect it and to kind of put an antibiotic in there might be a good way to go. Just, yeah. just even a, a thought. Even a little cut can get infected. Right. It's worth, you know, it's worth having. And that's another thing that you should have at home is, is multiple types of disinfectant. The antibiotic ointment is great, um, but, you know, have a couple of, you can get a quart of, of rubbing alcohol for about a dollar fifty. It's not expensive, you know. Maybe it's three dollars now, you know. But yeah, you can you can get hydrogen. You're not supposed to use hydrogen peroxide for uh, wounds anymore, supposedly. Is that a thing? Okay. Um, I guess it causes they, damage to the tissue. Yeah, they they say the but, the little bubbling it turns white yeah. and dies but at the edges. You can use hydrogen peroxide for a lot of different stuff. And it's it turns out it's better than an infection. It's it maybe is. not the go-to. Right. But, you know, whatever. Maybe buy the alcohol instead of the triple antibiotic. Whatever. Anyway, that's about what we got. So, just wanted to point out, you guys want it. You got any more, Kevin? Anything that had nope, to get in it. there? That's it? No, nah, right. no, I think we'll be all right. All right. I know you wanted to talk about salmonella, but, you know, I know you and your tirades. It could get ugly. <laughs> uh, well, all right. Listen. All right. There it is. I opened the door. So I was reading up on salmonella because it, you know it. It's one of those disease that one of those things that you can get from you know if you're not being as clean as you should be if you let you know m- infected meat sit out in the counter too long you don't cook it properly. Uh, so let me let's just be clear: eighteen percent of ground chicken, fifteen percent of ground turkey, and four percent of whole chicken. Has is is infected with salmonella? The, you know this is the stuff you get at the grocery store, because there's no there's no regulation on salmonella, as insane as that sounds. So I know you have your own chickens. I do my own, you know, my own stuff. And uh, if your chickens and and animals don't have salmonella, you can eat their eggs raw. It's not a big deal. You can eat their meat raw. You're not going to get it. But I don't, you know, eating chicken raw is just kind of gross. If you get it from the grocery store, it's dangerous too. And what salmonella does is it gives you it gives you diarrhea. But the truth is, you should be trying to get salmonella right now. You know what I'm saying? Really? You can go to the doctor, and nine times out of ten, it's not even gonna it's not even gonna like cause you any serious harm. You know, a couple of days being sick, I I do raw eggs all the time because I'm trying to get salmonella. You know what I mean? It's a. It seems like a fun illness to have. It's just a little diarrhea. What's wrong with that? You know, Kevin, I mean? you could lose you some weight. Clean tap water coming out. There you go. You're gonna be in trouble when the world ends and you don't have a doctor and you don't have clean water and then you get salmonella. Then you you're gonna be in trouble. But this is America. You know what I mean? We have the best doctors in the world. Chicks love and scars. They don't. They're not so much into diarrhea, but. Now I feel like is, I feel like I shouldn't have opened should the door. Trying to make get yourself sick as much as possible right now when you can go to the doctor. You can go to the doctor anytime you want. So all I'm saying is is try and make yourself sick. Drink oh, some dangerous Lord. water. Drink some some pond water. See what happens. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it you might be end up in a situation where you have to uh, risk <sighs> certain things. And you're going to know what's going to happen to you when you drink that palm water and then you throw up for 45 minutes. And you know? there you go. Kevin with his helpful advice once again. I'm just saying. It, being sick isn't ter- so terrible right now. No. Just You, you want to avoid that stuff when you're in a real situation. Rush shrimp in Mexico? Is that the... <laughs> Rush shrimp in Mexico is the secret? All right, but there you go. I'm not sure that Kevin was giving out the best advice, but again, we're not medical professionals. We're professional podcasters. How about that? Yeah, and if you listen to me, you might die. That's pretty much the answer. So with that, don't forget you can get badass gear at preppingbadass.com. You guys may have seen right. in the Facebook group that we gave away a uh, badass knife last week. Um, you have an opportunity to win such a knife. I think I have three more of the big Bowie knives, and then maybe two or three smaller Skinner knives. So we're gonna we're gonna do another giveaway once a month. Um, well, once a month, as I remember. How about that? <laughs> and right. the, the other problem, 
Uh, I'll put this out now. I don't know if you guys, uh, I'll put some kind of disclaimer together somewhere. But the, the downside is you have to live somewhere you can own a Bowie knife. I can't ship it like outside of the country. They get panicky a lot of countries. Um, I also can't ship it to like New York City maybe. I, I don't even know. But bottom line, well, check the laws if, where if, you live. If you end up getting picked as one of the people, maybe you'll just get one of the Skinner knives instead of the Bowie right. knives. Right. We'll work something out. So anybody can can put themselves in for it, but uh, you might not be able to get the Bowie knife. Yeah. And, yeah. I'm reading the comments and get slowly disturbed. But, you know, whatever. Um. Anyway. The... Uh, you might want to go to PreppingBadass.com, sign up for the email list, uh, check out, we have badass gear. You want a uh, don't give them a fucking inch coffee mug? We got them. They're on there. Um, that kind of thing. Anyway, you have show ideas, thoughts, concerns, questions, comments. Um, we're looking to do a, uh, a, a badass of the uh, month, year, whatever for the podcast maybe next week if you have an idea maybe shoot us an email um but you gotta act quick because we actually like to do some research so don't hesitate if if you got the idea if not we might save it for a future episode but with that stay safe and we will talk to you guys next week survival and basic badass podcast is a proud member of the self-defense radio network Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.